0: Have you gotten PPP money or EIDL money? You want to know what are the changes because they are changing things by the minute on today's show. We're going to talk with you about the changes and we have a special guest here to talk with you as an expert. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas and barbershops shops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. What's going on, guys? It's Jason and Doug. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, Doug? How's it going? Dude, glad to have you on this morning. Doug, th- th- this has been ridiculous, right? We've had so many clients who have been calling and asking, like, what can I use my money for? How do I do this? What What are the new changes? Because it seems like every day something is changing and becoming different on these PPP loans and the EIDL, Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it keeps changing. The good thing is, is it looks like the changes they're trying to help us get to forgiveness. Totally. Uh, which is a good thing instead of trying to change things to prevent us from getting there. Uh, so that that is good news, but it is changing. So, uh, and you know, no one's still really sure what all that means. Uh right. But we do have a guest today that's going to help us navigate what we do know, uh, and what we're looking for.
0: So. Correct. Correct. So do me a favor, and please welcome to the show uh april from Kopsa Odie, uh back for another visit to the show what's up april good to have you on with us today thanks for making this happen and this was like super last minute so i really appreciate you like saying yes i'll make it happen you look good ray you rock let's share some good info sound good <laughs> sounds great thanks jason and
2: doug
0: yeah, no problem. And first of all, just so people know, if they don't know who Copesa Odie is, you guys are a CPA firm. You guys work with commission salons uh, to help them to navigate and understand not only challenges like PPP and the EIDL loan, uh, but being able to understand how they can, you know, prepare their taxes correctly for upcoming seasons and plan and strategize with what they need to as a commission salon. Is that correct?
2: That is true.
0: It's like I know something sometimes, every once in a while. By the way, I realize we're all rocking glasses today. I just felt like that was inappropriate. I think this is gonna be a smart phone call. And since we're all rocking glasses, that'll that'll help this whole thing unfold. Um, uh, but April, um I'm gonna just let Doug kind of fire away some questions at you today because we've been getting questions um, you know pretty regularly from clients, Doug, what have been the questions that we've been getting from clients and that you've heard the most that April could really help out with today?
1: Well, because some of the people are getting to the end of the eight weeks from when they first got their loan. So, you know, last week people started getting the application for forgiveness. And then also last week the flexibility thing was signed. So kind of give us an overview of what you saw from uh, that new legislation and uh, what do you know about that up to this point?
2: Sure. Well, I think, Jason, you said it best when you said things just keep changing. It's very frustrating. I think over the last three months, um, this is what we've been living and breathing here. And our clients are struggling with the same questions that you're asking, Doug. Um, of course, when the PPP funds became available back around the beginning of April, uh, the rules were very vague and they continue to work to give us more guidance, but there still are a lot of things that we don't know. But maybe what we do is just start from the beginning. You know, What can you use the money for? Let's start there. Yeah. And um, the the first thing, uh, the rule when it first came out was 75% uh, needed to be spent on payroll, 25% then on rent, utilities, or interest on mortgages. So that's really how it started, right? 75-25. Just last week, uh, June 3rd, Congress signed the Flexibility Act, changed that requirement to uh, 60% minimum payroll. Uh, and that payroll number actually includes Also, health insurance, retirement, as well as state and local taxes. Now, if you're paying attention, I did not mention federal FICA taxes. Uh, The employer share of federal FICA tax is not included in that information. That did not change when the Flexibility Act came out. So if you were waiting for that to happen, it didn't happen or it hasn't happened yet. the other piece of that, the 25% or now the maximum 40% since the change in the Flexibility Act, can now be spent on those rent, utilities, and interest on um, mortgages as well as personal property. So if you have um, you know, payments that you're making maybe on an equipment lease or something like that, the interest on that could be used. So that's wow. the big thing. That,
0: that's that good news. That's, that's some really good news out there, yeah?
2: Yeah. I'd
0: say so. Yeah, and by
1: the way,
0: -hmm. by the way, guys, if that's some good news, do me a favor and type in the chat. Uh, Do me a favor and say good news. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching this on replay, totally fine. You can still type in the chat. Ask the questions, and we can send those over to April and see if she can weigh in on the chat. But yeah, April, this is some good news. I, I love being able to just hear that there is some opportunity that's going on that is that is good news for Salons. I know a lot of people were trying to figure out. Look, it's great that I have access to this, but at 75%, it, it doesn't help as much as it will now at 60%. Uh, being able to kind of reduce that boundary and barrier. Um, I yeah. also know too that you were you were um, we talked about kind of length and terms, like how long. Because we talked about windows of time. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that framework for a second of what that's been extended to.
2: Sure. So when it first started, you had eight weeks from the date you received a loan um, to spend that money. And that changed, um, you know, when the flexibility act came out, actually even prior to the flexibility act, there was some updates that happened when the forgiveness application was originally uh, provided the 11 page forgiveness application that I'm sure everyone has memorized at this point. Um, that forgiveness application said that you could cho- choose an alternative covered period. So if your payroll started, um, your pay period started maybe uh, the next day or a couple weeks after that disbursement date of the loan, that would give you a little bit more time, okay? So that was a little bit of help, I think, for people. But then on Friday when the Flexibility Act came out or on June 3rd, when that came out, that extended that eight weeks to 24 or December 31st. So... That allows people a lot longer time in order to re-engage their team, um, really use these funds over a period of time. That's much more helpful. Um, You know, we have clients all across the country. We're in 44 states currently. Our clients that are in California, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, they're struggling. They're really not open yet.
1: And
2: so folks were really struggling with how they were gonna spend that money. So this gives them more time
0: yeah, so,
1: let me ask you something, April. on the on the forgiveness application, it had a thing where it wanted you to specify what the owner's pay was. Um, are they trying to back that out if if the owner was paying themselves as a manager and had you know was being paid uh, the whole time it, as a manager they had that is that pay allowable or is there some form of owner pay that they're trying to disallow? Uh, if you could speak to that a little bit, It'd be That's great, great question.
2: You know that's another area that's been very confusing. Uh, initially, they said that you had to take a hundred thousand um, dollar annual salary, divide that by 52, multiply that by eight, and so anybody that, that was a W-2 wage earner, that would include an owner that was maybe of an S corporation, they could get fifteen thousand three eighty-four. That's the math on that. Eight, eight, fifty seconds. Then they came back and said, no, 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 it's limited. Whatever was on your 2019 w-2 hmm. so for a lot of s corporation owners that were receiving a w-2 wage of course it's a benefit to them to have that, that w-2 wage be reasonable but also low so they don't have to pay the double fica tax on that so that for owners you know we had owners that were looking to get the full 15,384 and all of a sudden maybe they could only get six or seven thousand Um, Now, if you're a partner and you have guaranteed payments, that also impacted you. So we're we're still looking to see what they say in the application when it's revised because we're not sure if they're going to take that W-2 and divide it now by 52 and multiply it by 24. That gives more. That's closer to like 45,000. So what does that mean? We're just not sure yet. They haven't revised the application yet.
1: Like I said, but if you did get a W-2 as an owner, for, whether it was for what you did behind the chair or as a manager pay, uh, that at least that amount is still applicable to forgiveness, correct?
2: Yes.
0: Awesome. And and by the way, I, I just saw a question that just popped up here. I'd like to put it up on the screen if you can for me. Um, Renee asked, she said, I'm in the final approval stages for my PPP and hope to receive uh, – oh, I can see it on the screen. So I'll, I'll thank you for that. Uh, and hope to receive the money in a few days. The bank rep called me the other day and said the PPP ends at the end of the month. How does the forgiveness application affect me this late in the game? I'm a single member LLC.
2: So that's a great question. We have uh, quite a few single member LLCs as well. And you're right, the application period ends June 30. They won't be uh, Mm -hmm. issuing any additional loans after June 30, as far as what the Flexibility Act says today. Um, Now, I say that because they keep changing things on us, so maybe they end up changing too. Right. Um, As of
0: today, here's the latest information, as of June 11, 2020.
2: Yeah. So, you know, to answer Renee's question, it would be my understanding that she would have up until 12:31, 2020 to spend that money.
0: As of right now? Yes. Awesome. So again, putting that application through, fantastic. But again, you want to be in a spot where uh, you're spending that money uh, in the allotted amount of time. So you have more time to spend that money, which means you can use it to hire back more people. Because I, I want to know where the biggest challenges and issues that came up inside the salon world is like you mentioned, uh, like you mentioned, April, is that in Michigan, you know, we had some friends who were fighting for the legislation to change in Michigan so they could open up. California is still trying to figure out how to open up. And there's a lot of, you know, even though salons are open, uh, spas are not open yet. Nail salons are not open. Like there's still a lot uh, to be fighting for here in California and other states around the country. Um, there's some, you know, there's some real challenges to figuring out, you know, who and within what time frame people can operate from. I think that's a really, really helpful thing. What things April are you seeing? And guys, again, if you have questions, please type them in. But April, what are some of the other questions you're getting from your clients as they're trying to navigate the PPP loan and EIDL loans?
2: Well, certainly the full-time equivalent requirement has been something that has been weighing heavily on people. As Mm. they try to re-engage their team, it's a struggle sometimes. The unemployment that they have been receiving has put them at a wage amount or an income amount that they've never seen in their lifetime. So all of a sudden, they're getting asked to come back to work, and they're going to take a pay cut from unemployment. And really, I don't think that's what was intended by our fearless leaders in Washington, D.C., but that's what's happened. Right. And so, you know, what's happened then since then is with the application and then with this new guidance, they've relaxed a little bit on the full-time equivalent requirement for the owner, but they've also required the owner to have some accountability. So let me just touch on those quick. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. It is something we could talk about for a really long time. Sure. But so... The first thing um, that I think is really great about the Flexibility Act is now that if a business owner cannot get back to the level of staffing that they had prior to COVID because of capacity reasons, so let's say they have restrictions in California where they can't have um, more than 10 people in the salon at the time, or they have restrictions where, and I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, just as an example. But, um, you know they're not going to be penalized because they can't get back up to their full-time equivalents just because now they're going to recognize that some states have different um, requirements. The other thing is that, and this is where I guess the owner has to have some accountability, is if an employee decides that they're not going to come back to work and they've been offered a job back to come back to work, then the owner has to notify the unemployment office that they've made an offer They've denied the offer. And that means that in most states, that employee is no longer eligible for unemployment. That is a very hard conversation. That is a culture issue too, that I think can create big problems in a salon. If you have, you know, if you have, your employees are your family. And so if you're, yeah, it's a huge issue.
0: Yeah. So let Doug, Doug and I have talked about that a lot, actually, in private sessions. I don't know that we've done it on the podcast yet. And Doug, it's probably a good time to address that on the podcast. So we have this conversation, right? You send your employees home. They're making more money at home on unemployment than they were before. And now you call them up and say, hey, congratulations, you get your job back. And literally, the conversation becomes, screw you, I'm making more on unemployment. I'm not interested in coming back. Let's have another conversation. Have a nice day. And to your point, it is a culture challenge. It does become a big issue. And I mean, I've I've literally seen it in our High Performance Salon Academy over and over again, that people are saying, look, we've lost staff over this. But I, I think that there's some really good things to know is that number one, there there's and doug i'm gonna let you chime in on this i just want to say one thing first is that you know the biggest thing that i would just say is If your culture is starting to fall apart, I would ask you, what are you doing to maintain culture while closed or while you've been closed? I know a lot of you guys have already navigated this issue specifically, but there are still some salons out there trying to navigate this or navigating it after they brought people back. And there's a lot of resentment on like, well, if you want your job back, come back to work and make less money. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with the positioning. So, Doug, you've had some great positioning pieces on that. Do you mind sharing with me a little bit about that? Because you've dealt with that a lot.
1: Yeah, well, I mean… one to your point it, it is about your culture you need to have a good culture going but the the thing that the ppp does that gives you the ability to bring people back at 100 percent of where they were before so if you're bringing them back and they can't work at 100 percent of where they were before you can make some of that up with the ppp right. uh but so what my my thing is that if i can bring somebody back at 100 percent, make them 100 percent whole to where they were before then they really there shouldn't be much of a pushback on that. It's like yeah, so for a period of time you were able to you know bank some money, but to think that you should be able to continue to bank money when I'm offering you back at hundred percent of where you were, you need to be good with that. I mean we need to have a conversation about you know that's the place to live and think about the bigger picture of society in general. It's not about who can take the most advantage of this situation that we're in. But it's how the, the idea is, how do we keep everybody whole so right. that this isn't damage to you? Uh, so, yeah, you know, just I understand that people want a little more extra money in their pocket, but you got to get back to reality, too, moving forward of what that looks like. And I say, if, if I can offer you 100 percent and you're going to refuse that, then, you know, you're probably not the person that I want working in my company. Right. Uh,
0: and, so, and i think it it goes back to you know short term gain long term loss right is like look the 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 revision in unemployment is temporary it's not an indefinite it's not a you can get this unemployment at this inflated amount for an extended period of time there's a window and a framework to it because of what's going on so if your business is back open again i think you have to have just an honest conversation with your team and say look in order for us to operate and own a business and function, it means that we have to have team uh, who can operate with us. and we want to know who's going to be on the team and who's going to take come back and make this thing work. Now, if you have people on your team that are around people that are um, at a higher risk or you can kind of prioritize which employees come back first, it's a great way to use that as a way to navigate and say, okay, we're gonna allow people to uh, stay on this unemployment uh, when they're at a, in a higher risk scenario. But I think this, again, has to do with that conversation of what is the culture of your salon? Is your salon culture or ready to come back to work? Are they, are they dying to be back involved again and saying like, I wanna help this thing grow? Because at the end of the day, let's be really honest like there is so there are so many salons and businesses that are not going to come out of this on the other side and i think for a lot of salons like look when you have the opportunity to come back to a salon, that's a huge gift and it's a huge opportunity. And I know, I, I just from talking with so many salon owners over the last 90 days, is so many of them have just said, this is one of the most exhausting things, I'm not going to say any names on here, but just say is that in general, is that this is one of the most exhausting things and the hardest thing to deal with was was people being ungrateful for coming back to get a job. And I, I think that was one of the hardest things to navigate, right? Is people were just saying like, I gave you your job back and you're pissed at me for bringing you back to employment with us. because." This is like, if you're focused on the next three weeks of can I have more money, or you focused on like, I'm super grateful that our salon still exists in the future and I can have the next 10 years of my life figured out, it's a very, very different cultural focus. And I think sometimes people are so focused on the short term, they forget about long term. That's why I would just encourage you as a salon owner to have that long term conversation about what do you want, what do we want to build, because if you just stay focused on like, hey, but next week I can make more money, that's when I think the danger starts to play out. Yeah, yeah
1: I think that's – I mean it's just having that – being willing to have those conversations and have the bigger picture. But I mean, because the instinct is I want to put more money in my pocket. But uh, any, yes, I'd say also if you're having those issues and it, it is a, a symptom that you probably didn't have the culture that you deserve to have inside right. of your space. Uh, so you might want to think about what are the things that I can do from a cultural standpoint – so that that's not the attitude of people that are working in the company.
0: That's right. And April, just so people know how they can get a hold of you guys, you guys are are a wealth of knowledge, clearly, which is why we keep having you back mm-hmm. on to have some more discussions. I really am grateful for you coming on and sharing. If this has been helpful for you guys, would you do me a favor and type in the chat helpful? Um, April, how can people track you guys down over at Copesa Odie? What's the website? What's the social they can find you at? Give me the rundown.
2: So we are com and it's K-O-P-S-A. OTTE. You can go to our website and contact us. Uh, If you're interested, we do do a free newsletter that is tailored to the salon and spa industry that goes out every Tuesday. Uh, During this uh, COVID time, there have been more than that, I think. But there is a place on our website where you can subscribe to that newsletter. Um, And I like to say that, you know, it may not be a topic that you're interested in this week, but possibly next week it is, or maybe when you go to do your tax return you have a question about something and you might say oh i think they wrote about that i can go back to it and look at it so um that would be yeah. the best place to all of us yep
0: awesome i l- Love it. And I just want to say this too. Um, you know, When you think about this, it's one thing to make money. It's another thing to make sure you keep as much of it as possible and you don't get hit with a giant tax bill or an unexpected uh, scenario because you're working with a CPA firm that does really well. The reason why we were introduced to Copes Odi in the first place is several people in our high performance salon academy uh, work with them directly, have said some amazing things. And as we've interacted and connected with April, uh, she's been able to really become a wealth of knowledge, not just uh, from her, but from the entire team over there. They have a whole, Staff and a crew of CPAs that are ready to help you get some information. So feel free to check them out. Do me a favor, guys. Also, um, if you want help on more of how to navigate the culture side of your salon or anything else that you do, that's what Doug and I do over at the High Performance Salon Academy. If you've never heard about that, you might want to send us a message and say Academy down in the comment section. If you've got a staff of five or more people and you're like, you know what, I want to build a commission staff that that uh, does some incredible things, comes back stronger than ever and helps grow, do me a favor and comment in the chat below. Just say the word Academy and if you're already a member, comment below member and uh, we'll say what's up to you too, just because we love every single one of our members who's done some incredible things. I also just want to say this, thanks to the guidance of April, Tom Wheelwright and many people that are here, um, we got 100% of every client inside our High Performance Salon Academy funded for their PPP loan and in fact, most of them were ready to go. They were first in line and they were educating their bankers on how to do it. And I say that as the biggest brag I possibly can. That's a big high five to you, Doug. That's knuckles to you. That's big kudos to you, April, for providing us with information, to Tom Wheelwright. And and it is a chance for us to brag on our clients because we didn't sit and fill out the paperwork for them. We just gave them the tools and resources, and they went and got it done, and 100% of our clients got approved for PPP. I am so proud of every single one of you that was on. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. Do me a favor, uh, rate the podcast online. You can also go and subscribe to our show on YouTube on facebook or check out our instagram at high performance salon and thank you so much for being on april it was a pleasure having you and again one more time you were a giant wealth of knowledge thank you so much for being here thanks for listening to the evo revo podcast if you liked today's episode please subscribe leave us a review and you can always get more information including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.